I'm Danny Walker, and you're listening to Radio Oedipus. This week, we're putting a slightly different spin on things. Sandinade Vane, my regular partner in crime, is now sitting on the other side of the fence. You'll have heard him ask questions, deliver insights and forage for flavours, and now it's his turn to deliver. But the route we're going to take is slightly left field, via another subject close to his heart, which is music. Because although he happens to be the head brewer and co-founder of Oedipus, he's also a massive music geek. Past Oedipus beers have drawn influence from such artists as John Coltrane to Jay Diller. And as part of the Oedipus DJ team, you can occasionally find him spinning the wheels of steel and blasting out old hip-hop records. Small technical note on today's show, if you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any of the major platforms, you will not hear the full versions of the songs for rights reasons. You can head to our Mixcloud page for the full versions of the tracks by searching Radio Oedipus. For now, here is my conversation with the man who puts the hops into hip-hop. All that on today's Radio Oedipus. Do you listen to much music at home? Yeah, there's always music on, or yeah, yeah almost always. Sometimes yeah. I don't, but I also listen to the radio, like talking, uh, just, yeah, in the morning, uh, but uh, sometimes also in the evening. Quite some classical music every now and then. I got this. Uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, we got this. Uh, me and my girlfriend got this like selection of tapes from her grandma or so, but a lot of classical music also. Oh, yeah? And uh, I recently fixed the tape deck, and uh, so I'm playing a lot of uh, cassettes. And uh, yeah, also that, you know. So it, how do you how do you listen to music? Is it CDs and cassettes or all different mediums then? Yeah, I play. Yeah. CDs, yeah. cassettes, vinyl, yeah. Uh, yeah, of course, also streaming, uh, yeah, radio. Uh, How do you stream? I d- you don't uh, strike me as a Spotify. No, I don't person. have a Spotify account, but there's a Mixcloud or so, or mm-hmm. um, yeah, these online platforms like uh, Red Light Radio, of course, mm-hmm. where yeah, just you can listen everything back, right? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, for sure. There's more of these online radio stations, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a couple of these, uh, yeah, uh, go-to uh, sources where, uh, yeah, where I can always just go back to or so, mm-hmm. and I know there's stuff that's probably, or I know a bit what I can expect, and um, yeah, but what to start with, I'm uh, I'm not sure to be honest. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of records and. There's something to say about most of them. Maybe just start with uh, <laughs> maybe just start with this one. Okay. This is uh, yeah, it's uh, a seven inch. Yeah, yeah. Hey yo, in your hand, <laughs> it's uh, Extins, this uh, Dutch rapper from Brabant. Okay. And um, yeah, why I like this, it's just this old uh, hip hop beat, but uh, yeah, nice party vibe, uh, good vibes going on. But he also, he is, um, 
Yeah, his style of rapping is very loose, but very smooth also. And uh, yeah, I find it really funny. Mm. Like there, there are some jokes in here and, and the way he puts it, it's just very comfortable, loose uh, uh, atmosphere. And he, like he just, in the Dutch there's this expression, you, you schut het uit je mouw or so. Just you, you shake your... Your uh, sleeve, sleeve yeah, yeah. And, uh, and everything just comes out and drops out. And he manages to do pretty decent raps and lines and, and just, but so easy. And, uh, and also with this, yeah, just this very laid back, mm. uh, bit joking, cheeky vibe or so. And that's, uh, that's, uh, that's why I like this. Yeah. Uh, and of course, this is also just this classic classic tune you know yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, without the without the the dutch lyrics it is exactly what i might have heard on some hip-hop classics yeah uh, yeah, yeah i know in this old uh yeah maybe that's why i also found it a good place to start because it's uh one of these these classic records from the early hip-hop where when hip-hop started uh just uh parties and yeah. uh good times and uh funky uh funky tune do you know, know where you might have heard, first heard this he no you wear this oh. this uh yeah, this is this is a very new record now so uh yeah this is released in 2010 all right because uh, it actually sounds like something that was probably uh made 20 years previous right yeah no 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 this is yeah so it's yeah yeah and this is actually so this uh extends but also uh, with the Casper van Koten band which mm -hmm. is this uh, dutch band but they play this this classic track from mm -hmm. uh, yeah uh, it's early eighties I guess yeah uh, uh, and yeah uh, yeah indeed I brought a lot of uh, hip hop records also mm -hmm. and that started around that time right late seventies early eighties on the streets lots of parties um, people hanging out and following also a time where uh, disco music was popular and and yeah this was next you know yeah. and uh yeah that's why i also thought this was a good place to start uh, yeah it's good uh, uh. what kind of uh, role did music play in the early days when you were home brewing back at your place was the music played then yeah always yeah yeah and um yeah it could have been a lot um but also what so we were brewing mostly at my place so yeah, but Rick uh, also started his own radio show. Rick, one of the other founders, also started his own uh, show at Red Light Radio, which was at first a bit of a more interview-style radio show, uh, but also music was always important part of that show. So yeah, and Rick, I think back then already had uh, something like a DJ career <laughs> or so. <laughs> and although I've had turntables, um, in the same space where we were brewing, which my living room slash kitchen, this all the same space. Um, I think mostly, yeah, Rick was also just mm. putting on music. I, I think we hardly put on records, but mostly just uh, streaming music or mm. uh, something online. Uh, and Rick, Rick was mostly in charge of that, yeah, putting on the music. Yeah, or, or me, I, I also uh, put put stuff on because yeah probably maybe also cds or so just mm. when i was feeling like something and um i think what what we played a lot or what what uh, what comes to mind when i think back of the days is of course i, I brought some records also of, of uh raymond van groenewald which we which is a belgian artist that um 
Yeah, I sort of discovered also in that period that we started homebrewing. And I remember very well that we were also in four of us, the founders of Oedipus, were in the car to uh, Eindhoven, to Erwin van Mol. And I, uh, I put it on or somebody else put it on because I said, yeah, you have to listen to this because this is really funny. And it is really funny because he's this singer-songwriter from Belgium that does any style, uh, but also like, really, really funny. Mm -hmm. And... And sometimes really serious also, he can do anything. But he's yeah. a good musician and good songwriter, uh, but in, in Dutch. Um, could have started with that also. Yeah, so that is something... Erwin is also involved in music as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but he really had a career. Proper career, as a, yeah, yeah, yeah. as a producer, DJ. Um, but um, so that is something that comes to mind, Raymond van Groenerhout. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're going to play something for sure. Uh, and um, yeah, I think I put on quite some instrumental music also uh, of hip hop producers that were um, that is sort of sample based, but then a lot of jazz, funk, soul mm -hmm. samples uh, chopped up into hip hop beats, yeah, yeah, more or less, and. And that stuff we were playing also a lot, and that's also something that that uh, yeah everybody could live with or so, you know. Yeah, Because Alex has a bit of a different music taste. Rick is 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 very open. Paul is also open, but also has a bit of and and so Raymond, I think <laughs> we all loved, uh, but also that sort of more instrumental uh, uh, hip hop beats that that could also that worked. Yeah, so I wanted to know uh, how it kind of went, if you all kind of agreed on particular things or if there was ever any arguments uh, about this mu music you were putting on. Nah, I, d I don't think so much. We, it, we, we spoke about it. Mm. Uh, and sometimes Alex just also put on some music that that's more, uh, uh, would, would involve more guitars and mm -hmm. just singers, you know, mm. whatever. Uh, Bands or styles, yeah. Um, but, uh, but that never really resonated with you, were you? Well, yeah, it wasn't. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I did, it's not that I very that I disliked that music, mm. but it wasn't. It, it's not what comes to mind. Like, okay, what was sort of what was recurring themes or styles or sounds? Mm. And I think it was more so th those jazzy hip-hop beats mm. uh that was a thing and Raymond van Groenewaard was a thing uh uh that that come to mind first mm. yeah should we uh try yeah. one of the beers what you've, uh, what um, you've got in today? yeah maybe also start with this one we cool. sp spoke about it already a bit uh before this is um La Vermontoise uh, a collaboration between uh Blogy uh traditional Belgian Farmhouse Brewery, Saisons, uh, is what they make. Um, and Hill Farmstead, uh, a brewery from the US. Um, from Vermont. Uh, that's why. When do you think you first had this beer? Is it back in the beer temple days because of the American nah, connection there? I don't think so. Um... I think this is sort of a standard offering nowadays, but I think there was also a version brewed in the US, and this is brewed in Belgium, I'm quite sure. Um, and um, cheers. Cheers. 
but why I picked it is because it's um, it's it's where the old brewing tradition meets new because mm. this is a saison uh, hopped with American hops, mm. and uh, that's also uh, so, so I was looking for Quatre Saisons, which was a beer that I uh, got to know in the beer temple. It's again I think a fairly new Belgian brewery that started also around those days. I think. 2008 2009 or so beer temple opened in 2009 um but it's where i think two worlds got together for me uh so um uh the old world the the is then in that case the sort of belgian yeast forward beers that Mm -hmm. have uh, lots of fruity flavors from fermentation, uh, like blondes, doubles, triples, express that, appley, dried fruit, maybe some banana, a lot of fruity flavors from the fermentation. Um, yeah, that, those were very common in the Netherlands. And since I was d- legal drinking age, I, I, I uh, found them interesting, but also got bored with it. Mm. Then in the Beer Temple, uh, I learned about American-style IPAs and that they displayed... Also very fruity flavors, but different type of fruitiness, and they mm. were more bitter and less yeah. sweet. Um, uh, in Quatre Saison, these both things came together. So yeah. this yeast fruity character and this fruity American hop character that was more grapefruit, maybe piney, uh, maybe some yellow stone fruit. Uh, and also Saisons are, of course, very dry. Yeah. So... I this was something I really enjoyed the sort of light, super dry, often also quite effervescent, uh, bitter mm. and and very fruity beer, uh, and that's something where yeah I think also I, I realized that later, but that was sort of very uh, important beer for uh, for me, but when also for Oedipus, yeah, yeah yeah, and and I think I realized also later that that. Mana leave the a saison with Sorachier's hops uh, that that uh, yeah that wouldn't have uh, come to mind to do to try that and also we also added some other spices of course Szechuan pepper and uh, lemongrass but I think without that beer that it wouldn't be an idea that that would have come up so it's kind of a big influence on the kind of that get you into home brewing I guess. Was this? Would you have drank this before you started home brewing with the guys? No, yeah, not so. This beer was later, huh? a bit later. but it's uh, yeah. I I, I uh, picked it out because it's the same style, yeah. I think, as uh, Quatre Saisons. Mm. But Quatre Saisons, yeah, we definitely. I drank that before the idea of home brewing mm. started. Or yeah, I think we should listen to some more music because mm-hmm. I know I invited you to, uh, today yeah. under the pretense that we'd listen to some music. So why don't you try and play? Yeah, take me on it. Yeah, I don't know whether to be chronological or just uh, put whatever comes to hand. Uh, maybe I spoke a bit about this uh, jazz and beats, and maybe also old meets new. You know what I yeah, yeah. spoke about? Let's put on this record. It's.
is this is Mad Lib, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, reworking Blue Note, the yeah, jazz yeah. records. I think he made a whole album. And uh, uh, yeah, but what I like about it, so this is a very easygoing record also. Mm. I think very few people would dislike this, you know, or would be offended by this. this. So I think this is also s stuff that would easily go mm. when we were homebrewing and just uh, a nice groovy uh, mm. uh, track. And was, it, was it just the track that you engage with or have you been like a fan of Madlib? Because yeah, he's yeah. also like this yeah. attention to detail producer as well, right? I could very much see why you might like him from a... A maker's perspective, same different different uh, product, but same process maybe as a brewer. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, nah, he's he's. I think one of these producers that also <laughs> manages to to do these things that are way out there. You know, this is creative mastermind that. Also, yeah, there's this uh, book that I have at home. It's called Behind the Beat, where it's a photograph book with. They visit just um, all these producers in their uh, studios or uh, recording studios. And there's also photos of Matt. <laughs> this giant mess, but records everywhere, mm. you know, everywhere. And yeah, he, but he yeah, makes this super groovy, but also these ultra weird sounds. Yeah, um, it's great. Have you seen the uh, Our Vinyl Ways a Ton, the Stones Throw documentary? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, brilliant, yeah. really good. Yeah, uh, and you really step into their whole crazy world and yeah. how Madlib was. Yeah, mm. he was just this innovator. But what I like about it is also and 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 got me or got me uh when brewing started, or also this the, the and that started with putting together this this homebrew kit. But from there, all the brews that we did on the homebrew kit, in other breweries, in our own brewery, on the old kit and, and our current brew kit, is that it's about this this skill that you need to learn, Perfect. you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But also this this uh, uh, yeah, or uh, artisan yeah. that you need to understand and and be able to do. And I think that's what I like about producers like Medlib, uh, but also in a lot of hip hop, uh, you see that it's just, um, I also like DJs that are uh, yeah, very technical, I like also turntablism. And mm. I think me collecting records was also just to, to, to play, I have a few things double so I can mm. play around with two turntables. And so doing some super technical mixing and understanding what you can do and being able to, <laughs> with two turntables and one crossfader to mm. do certain things or build certain sounds or chopping things up. And that those skills you need to you, you need to work on basically because you can be talented and then uh, you you learn faster but mm. you have to put in the work to 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 pull that off mm. and that's what i like about hip-hop whether you're breakdancing or graffiti rapping or djing you need to to most people just there's not really a school for it of course you can take breakdance lessons but you have to put in the hours and you have to work and most people start from nothing, really. Mm. And of course, some are more talented than others, but you have to work for it. And I think that's the same, or that's also how I look at brewing. That, uh, I can see big comparisons to home brewing there. You know? Yeah, yeah you've you got to you, put the hours in. Yeah, and there will be mistakes, and it will be shit in the beginning. Yeah. And, and I think maybe most important is that 
by putting in the hours, you'll find a style. And even most um, graffiti artists that can make the most complicated technical uh, pieces on a wall with a few spray cans, they started with <laughs> probably super childish, even like the bi yeah, really big names in Amsterdam, but also in New York and everywhere. Uh, yeah, if you look back at these old pictures, you see that they're, yeah, they start from 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 nothing, you know, and then they they learn and they understand and they and they develop a style and they and then you can see even without the letters spelling their name you can see oh this is him this mm. is that and because he makes certain technical things and so everybody develops a style and I think that's that's also what I like about brewing and that's also what I like to do myself to think about okay what where is this going does this fit is this is this right can we and and how can we push it further in that direction or, or, or mm. uh, yeah and but but also for other brewers you know that that people have this signature in a beer mm. uh, that you can smell and oh yeah this is Roger you know mm. and uh, that's that and and that takes time and sometimes yeah it can be anything huh? sometimes it's a yeast sometimes it's a process um, um, yeah, it can be anything, but th that that's what I really appreciate. And then, uh, yeah, with that, if you understand a bit what your style is and what we want to focus on, then you can still push boundaries and 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 create new things uh, that uh, mm. in a direction where you want to go. Yeah. Mm. Were you were you ever DJing in the parties in the brewery back back in the, I'm gonna keep saying back in the days, but <laughs> back when we didn't have a, a license. Ah, uh, not so much, not so much. It was mainly no. Rick then. Yeah, yeah, and just and guess the, DJ, yeah, 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 yeah. I might, I never had a DJ career. I, but you I definitely also, know how to do it. I saw it OT three hundred one. Yeah, were, but I, I've been. Uh, I would call myself a bedroom DJ because most of the hours that I've been behind turntables was uh, in my previous home, and then they were in my bedroom, and I was just mm. practicing. And mm. uh, I don't think it was much fun to listen to because <laughs> I was just. You know, trying to scratch a bit or cut things up and yeah. uh, do practicing technical mm. shit. Uh, maybe at some point allow me to do things that I liked. But also played around. So this was before beer. Huh? Um, I like the idea of, of making beats, you know, of having a record collection and pulling samples from a jazz record with some saxophone or bass line and then laying out some drums mm. and but i i started really late with that while i was studying and then beer came along uh, was it, did hip-hop get you into those styles of music or were you yeah, already kind of yeah, listening yeah. to jazz and classical no 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 i uh, know hip-hop for sure yeah yeah uh yeah and that's why i brought this record also as we can put up uh, right now
Stetsasonic talking all that jazz. Um, is it, what is this? Is this a, a Dutch record? No, no, no. Old school. Stetsasonic, it's just this uh, hip hop. Uh, they call themselves a hip hop band. Okay. Um, but this record is also about From sampling. From what disco band moved into hip hop bands, I think, right? Nah, the, the, yeah, you should look up pictures. Like, uh, I think late 80s, this uh, came out, 88, 89 or so. And these guys wearing these troop uh, uh, sports suits, suits yeah. and, and gold chains, big sneakers. Uh, uh, yeah, really fun. And um, Prince Paul, uh, the producer that also played an important role in the early De La Soul records, uh, was part of it. But this record is also about yeah how they use jazz or other music as the base of what, what they make. So mm. sample-based music, mm. uh, taking samples and... Um, and that also, oh, I've heard this before. Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. classic. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty well-known uh, track, and also indeed remixes and everything. Um, but I want, I wanted to ask you. I know you're midway through a point, but I, want, I did want to ask you what, what were those first parties in the brewery like, and what role did they kind of play? Do you think in getting the brewery off the ground? Once mm, you moved to to the location we're in now, yeah, I am. That was crucial to <laughs> to get the tap room going. Yeah, I think uh, when we moved in there, 2015, there wasn't much going on on the strip. You know, mm. now it's uh, a <laughs> legit now it's the strip. strip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, you can argue if it's the most exciting part of town, but um, definitely one of them. Uh, but yeah, the first summer we obviously opened in May or June. Uh, the brewery and the tap room with the opening party. We were brewing then. We had the, the first brews on tap. Mm. Um, but we were only open Friday, Saturday, very limited hours. But I think that first summer, every weekend was sunny somehow. So people showed up. But I think we mostly made a name for ourselves, mm. not just by opening a tap room, by, but by uh, program, programming parties. parties. Yeah. So, yeah, it was crucial. And in the beginning, it was already, I think, quickly we collaborated with other people to organize parties, whether it was bands or also Paradiso came along mm. to uh, uh, program uh, several shows uh, in the brewery, yeah, which was great, I guess. And kind of get it kind of seemed to add those characteristics to the brewery that you don't get by just adding a lick of paint, does it? It, it kind of gave it some real energy, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, and, and somehow I think it, it was it suited very well, you know, in a way that in the end there is, I think, people living too close uh, with new buildings, but also with the old ones, you know, it's just if you have a full-on punk rock show, you can't do it in this part of town, uh, in this type of warehouse, mm. which is very not <laughs> poorly yeah. <laughs> insulated. Yeah, very not soundproof. Uh, but uh yeah it 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 was suitable in the sense that it was this old industrial warehouse and then yeah we were making beer that was real mm. you know there was this super simple bar mm. uh, just a cold room and uh <laughs> this this mm. uh, this uh yeah some taps out of there mm. and a simple bar 
And then, yeah, we built a stage and uh, uh, the band brought their uh, sound system and they started playing. But it was just yeah, uh, raw, but also very authentic, I guess. And yeah. uh, uh, Was it always... The, were you ever worried about it? Like brewing in the same place and then inviting uh, hundreds of people in? Or was it... I was oh, always worried. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And I was always... Uh, I wasn't in the best moods uh, <laughs> all the time because basically the stage blocked the brew floor. Yeah. And so I was, I couldn't do anything or I could only do things on the brew floor, but I couldn't move anything in or out. And yeah. Yeah. I've been there in weekends gagging with the stage in front of the brews, even when the new brew kit was there also. So it must be 2016 then already. Uh, yeah. Gagging and piling pellets of kegs, uh, unable to get them off the floor because yeah, there was a stage in front of it. Uh, yeah. So sometimes I was also annoyed uh but yeah i don't know in the end the vibes uh during the party were great always. yeah always yeah, cheered yeah, you yeah, up yeah, i guess yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> it was always uh, always fun yeah. nice <laughs> but you, you you get out you like traveling for beer right you like getting out of amsterdam do you go you said you go record shopping as well when you like to travel where i know you've been to america a lot for beer festival things uh yeah, what what's what's some of the key places where you picked up good records and good no, beer? Uh, let me uh, put on something like this. This is uh, a record by uh, Oh No, this, I think Medlib's brother. But uh, he had this uh, record called uh, Ethiopian. Okay. And uh, yeah, I spent uh, during my study or as uh, my graduation uh, research project, I uh, spent a couple months in Ethiopia. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, and uh, I was also intrigued by the music there. I was, uh, I'm not sure if this record was released back then. But I knew about these old Ethiopian uh, funk tracks um, that uh, Oh No um, just um, uh, used uh, yeah. to, to make this uh, instrumental album. Can't find a date on this one. Whatever. Uh, but I was looking for music there, but mm. there was only CDs and it was also all more popular uh, shit. Uh, it was in 2010 and I was there. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, but yeah, that I found, uh, yeah, I wanted to look for that. If I had some time off and not doing the research, um, I wanted to see if there was any music available, but I didn't manage to find those old records. Maybe all these mm. uh, hip hop producers <laughs> took them all out you know, and no, no, no. Uh, were already uh, uh, robbed of all the vinyl. And because they only sold cassettes and CDs, yeah. Just these home, uh, like simple uh, 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 homemade uh, uh, CDs that that were available there. Yeah. Uh, you have the uh, the record label. I think maybe it's quite old now, but awesome tapes from Africa, which reissues all these. Um, uh, probably the tapes that you were seeing <laughs> reissues them on record. Yeah. Now, yeah, the, the stuff that was for sale was only like 
the 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 mm. that was in the charts there, and mm. there were a couple of really popular artists that were just everywhere, mm. you know. And uh, yeah, I can't recall the names. Uh, that's too bad. But mm. yeah, there were a couple of these super popular mm. artists there that play Ethiopian music, but then just modern. So a lot of electronical sounds, uh, yeah. some electronic beats, and. Um, yeah, I know. I was really looking for more sort of uh, organic, like uh, a real, in or yeah, real instrument. Yeah, the more uh, the jazzy, funky mm. uh, 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 stuff from the seventies or so. Yeah. Uh, funny word, the organic, because I know you're a big fan of uh, Belgian beers that uh, really relate on their uh, really depend on their environment or really dependent on that. Do you think there are similarities in your taste there? Do you look for things that have this organic and, and human, oh, not human, but real, yeah, like an environment. Well, I'm searching for the words here. This organic feel <laughs> to them. Uh, uh, I don't know what yeah, my I guess question so. is. I guess there, so. But. Yeah, yeah, nah. It, it, it comes back to what, what I liked about hip-hop, that they took these old records that were some instruments and that you can have this sample of, of a violin section, for instance, from yeah. whatever record, and you can chop it up, rearrange it, and then make something yeah. new out of it. But that it starts with just this this one or two bars of a violin or a couple of violins or mm -hmm. a, a bass, anything, mm -hmm. and that you can rework that. That's something I like. And that it starts with something that, who knows, played, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, actually more interesting, or I find that more interesting than replaying that baseline on a bass, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or uh, chopping it up and then playing it mm. uh, in the chopped version or so. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like, I think, the more, the, the um, yeah, that that artisanal part of, of sort of butchering beats. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, innovating. That's the bit you respond to. Yeah, or making something new from something old. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it, you know, and that's uh, what I also at some time, at some point, uh, realized uh, that that uh, can also really reflect in beer. That there's all these beer traditions where, you know, people in Germany make this beer in uh, this way for quite a while, and mm. they understand that they do it like this with these ingredients. But then you can also Rework that or yeah. <laughs> remix it. <laughs> yeah, remix it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, literally. Uh, yeah. But but uh, yeah, and that can be super interesting. And I think that's uh, yeah something that uh, that uh, that I like. Yeah. Mm. Now, what's the what's the second beer you've brought? Oh, do, should we try another beer? Yeah, yeah. I brought a few old home brews, but we can leave those also. I have Orval, but we drink that a lot. Uh, talking about Pilsen, we can also just open some. Whatever goods. feels right to you, mate. Whatever. Yeah, Maybe yeah, you can pick another record and and that go, that pairs well with the beer. Yeah. Uh, with goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> well, you said at the beginning how beer, any beer can go uh, with any occasion. So yeah. It really doesn't matter yeah, what you pick, no, does no, it? No, 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 but if you want to tell something about it. Yeah, maybe just, I think Goes is very complex. Maybe just put on some real jazz record there. Yeah, great, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank you. 
This is a record of Jimmy Smith, and this track is called Walk on the Wild Side. It starts with these uh, Christmas bells, but oh, yeah, See if we yeah can somewhere them. halfway through the record, there comes this. Uh, he's a this organist, and uh, he uh, starts a solo, which is uh, oh, yeah, I hear the I Christmas enjoy. bells yeah. now. <laughs> Where did I put my bottle opener? I also have one here, you got go. it, got it. Yeah, also quite uh, easygoing, yeah. <laughs> enjoyable record. Yeah, maybe it is a bit more of a sipper, a more elegant uh, record to, yeah. be yeah. to be drank. Uh. Yeah, and a bottle of uh, Lindemans Oude Geusem. I wanted to ask a few questions about your kind of perception of uh, beer. Um, yeah, about how you approach beer making a little bit, if that's okay. So... Mm -hmm. What are you hoping to achieve when you, or what are you hoping to achieve with people's reactions when you make a beer? What do you, is there, what do you want people to think? Or is this something that you think about? Yeah, there's a couple of ways to look at that, I guess. Uh, I think at the Oedipus, we also put quite some effort in, uh, in things around the beer, so label the name that that fits a certain concept, and that it's, yeah. I like that, you know, that it's that it's more than. Do you find that helpful in in like coming up with a flavor uh, Sometimes, yeah. sometimes, sometimes, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this is not um, a very good example, maybe, but we did this beer for um, Museum Nacht a couple of years ago. But uh, this was when, sort of in the studio, Victor, uh, Tristan and I, j just for the first time, uh, actually with Bob also back then. Actually, Tristan wasn't involved so much in this. But uh, yeah, we had this process going on. Okay, that uh, we have this new beer that we want to make. Here's the, the organ coming in. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Uh, we have this new beer we want to make, and then we started talking about, okay, what could that be? What could it uh, be as a beer mm. or as a concept? And, 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 and then also Victor starts thinking about mm. the artwork, and I start working on a recipe. Mm. And we did this. Um, uh, it's, uh, yeah, Museum Nacht, so all the museums in Amsterdam are open. And um, we came up with uh, a black IPA, basically a super light black IPA or sort of dry milk stout somewhere in between that. It was uh, a black IPA with some lactose, mm. so and only three and a half percent or so. A lot of fruity dry hops. And that idea came from uh, giving people the opportunity, because that's what Museum Nacht also does, mm. to, to go to a museum that you maybe would not go to mm. otherwise, and because it's this event where you can walk around and with one pass go to any museum in the city. Mm. Uh, but give people opportunity to try a black beer that people might 
stay away from or shy away from because it's dark and offensive. But then just having it super light and super fruity mm. and with a bit of lactose and creaminess. And then yeah, Victor also came up with this visual world with um, uh, based on eendagsvliegjes. Uh, uh, fireflies. Yeah, yeah, vuurvliegje was also the name. Uh, yeah, the beautiful artwork with... Yeah. These uh, flies that bloom mm. one night and uh, mm. uh, and then uh, disappear. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I d- really liked working like that. You know, yeah. me and Victor working on flavor and visual and uh, having a story that that makes sense. You know, that yeah. that we can tell uh, with that beer. But in terms of a feeling, because I've heard. <coughs> Uh, having worked for Ripus for quite a while now, I've heard the stories about trying to make beers so that people feel like they can party on a dance floor or thinking about what you said earlier about like a beer that uh, might might want to have with a cigar on a sofa. Do you try and evoke any of those emotions in particular beers? Or have you ever tried to... Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, but I think... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I... I think a lot about beers and its flavors and especially the stuff that we make uh but i think lately it's it's more and more uh, about how we can make it i guess then indeed like uh, what i would prefer was suitable for several events so mm-hmm. being complex and elegant enough uh to be enjoyed at a dinner table with probably several meals maybe not everything mm. that would not match every type of food you put on the table but also maybe be simple enough Mm. and also harmonious and elegant enough that you also can drink it without thinking too much or not being offended too much so if there's fruit in there that it's it's there you Mm. know but it's not smacking you in the face or if there's bitterness that Mm. it works with other flavors so Harmony uh, and elegance, maybe music that uh, are more, or terms that are more used in jazz music or, and also the wine world, I guess, Mm. are um, more the art topics I think about rather than um, trying to display this hop variety or trying to display this barrel character Mm -hmm. only. So I think it's, yeah, about, yeah. Indeed, maybe hard to 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 really. It's not just one thing. Mm. It's it's more. Yeah, it's 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 more things, I mm. guess. Okay. Do you think you got be- better at that as the as the brewery has grown, and you've yeah, you've become a more accomplished brewer because you've started thinking about these different uh, emotions that people want to feel. Mm. <clears throat> nah, I think it's not so much about. What people want to feel, it's more that um, doing this for multiple years enabled me to find a style. And that, yeah, enabled Oedipus to find a style because it's not Mm -hmm. just me, the beer maker. And that's what I tried to say with working with Victor. I think it's, it's together, you know, Victor has a way of working that I think helps me also translating that into a beer that... Mm -hmm. We're in this room where Victor has all these drawings and these lively dancing figures that are very colorful, but also <laughs> kind of weird, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but also yeah also not weird but not offensive well, they you know? bring a particular energy <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that that i think works so i think it's more uh that you know that we understand better and better over the years and you can argue if you're ever can be finished or, or accomplished that you found your style and said what you wanted to say or explore yeah. what you wanted to explore. I think there's always uh, uh, directions that you can or avenues you can go into mm. to understand more of one thing or the other. And so I think it's more that than thinking about a particular occasion or thinking about a uh, particular style. It's just doing it and along the way you learn a lot mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know in the past i had all these ideas about but uh, about beers i wanted to make and i thought oedipus should oedipus should should make but of course never had the time to do everything uh but to understand everything understand malt as an ingredient understand hops as an ingredient yeast as an ingredient so having a core lineup of mm. a light mid-strength and strong mm. yeast for a beer uh, light, missing strong, hop for a beer, mob for a beer, and have then mm. you know, and brewing that uh, <laughs> all the time, and then understanding everything. But so become a master craftsman. Of yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I, I felt yeah, we uh, it would help me as a brewer, and we would show the audience, yeah, this is beer. Look at this, you know, mm. because that was also one of the reasons we started. We wanted to take people by the hand and show, okay, this is the world of beer. There's everything, but uh, I think it's a better idea that. Uh, brewers pick a direction <laughs> and explore that because uh, I think it helps uh, helps me as a beer maker very much to have more focus and, and uh, a direction where you want to dive into mm. um, and then are doing things that are outside of that direction or outside of that focus mm. will only distract and mm would not necessarily make you a better brewer or enable you to make the point you want to make better. Mm. What uh, what would you like to play next? Yeah. How long are we going on for? Have you got somewhere to be? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, how much room is there for uh, other I think we've got uh, three or four records. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I have some some silly stuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's quite some hip hop. Uh, yeah, maybe you said to this. Yeah. Dela Sol, takes his eye. Nice. Uh, 
and this is a yeah JD uh, production. I think or I'm hesitant. No, no, it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I was. I wanted to ask you uh, riffing on the kind of same thing, you know, kind of as now, and you've mentioned it on the show uh, before that you now that you don't have so many brew shifts and, and things like that. You're kind of in this kind of elevated, more senior role. Uh, what did Willem van Warsberg call it, or what would you what would you call it? Like a technical brewer now, or how, what would you call your role now? That's maybe a good leading question. <laughs> yeah, it is head brewer. Head brewer. Huh? Yeah, but yeah, it's it's about it's a baby. It connects to what uh, Emil Rosenberger said, you know, yeah. researching flavor, and that's yeah. what I try to do. But with yeah, I I I'm making, I'm a creative beer maker or something. Yeah, it's yeah. all, I think, a bit chromatina, uh, like a bit uh, itchy. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. You don't, <laughs> all it doesn't feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so yeah. Also, this term called smaakmaker in Dutch, like flavor maker, but it's yeah. also no, yeah. Uh, but if you the, thinking about what Emil was saying uh, when we chatted to him last week, do you think now it's become easier to focus in on particular directions of flavor you want to go into now that you're this elevated role and not brewing as doing as much hands-on stuff? Oh yes, yeah, yeah of course, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, it's uh, so I was doing a bit of this before. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, in the homebrewing days also, of course we created beers together and, and ideas came from anywhere, but in the end I was mostly dealing with how would this translate into a recipe? How do we treat the beer? How do we ferment it? How do we understand how all that works? Uh, and that went on, uh, uh until, uh, like thinking of, the flavor of our beer became my main job and having a production manager in the brewery and having a brew team with lead brewer, lead seller, mm -hmm. uh, the packaging is all taken care of planning even, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, yeah, uh, the whole operation just runs mm. and it's more on the creative side mm. and, yeah, you know, dealing with uh, scheduling brewer shifts uh, mm. doesn't so make a better else, creative. Yeah, yeah or be yeah. having your mind occupied with uh, uh, thinking of the, the uh, mm. making that shift or that uh, schedule workout. Uh, yeah, doesn't help uh, mm. m coming up with the best ideas on mm. what new blend of saisons to make or so. Yeah, you know? but you're able to focus in on that personality uh, a, a lot easier as well because you know thinking about it when you're home brewing you're able to add every ingredient by hand and it has this personal human touch to it but yours is now way more uh elevated you're not yeah, but really we, touching anything with your hands no but i can yeah i can walk on to the brew floor when there's new hops coming in I like to <laughs> rub them, you know, <laughs> and but yeah, and also do do tests, yeah. like small tests. We do that with new ingredients or like small trial fermentations to try out some yeasts or uh, fruit or hops, for that matter. We we can do that, and I think are getting better and better organized to 
to yeah to to make sure yeah that's also something we can do or if i <laughs> yeah mm. want to be if i want to smell things i can smell it you know yeah, i yeah. can sample beers anytime i mm. can sample ingredients anytime if there's a new beer being brewed and i'm curious how the brew goes i can i can just stand next to the brewer you know yeah, i can yeah. access and the your brew head <laughs> your head is just clearer to actually think about these tastes mindfully i guess because you're not worried about no, the, uh, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. The bullshit that surrounds it. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Why don't you put on an, uh, another record oh, yeah. for us? Yeah, what to play? I have this uh, other JD track called Fuck the Police. Yeah. It's a bit about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's this about? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what he's talking about. Yeah, nah, that's cool. <laughs> the views expressed on this recording are solely those of the artists, and by no means do we encourage or condone violence against law officials. Oh, it's for you. It's for you. Get in it. Any offended people suck my balls. All y'all off the wall get stupid, dog. Don't hold back. Don't let go. Don't say damn. Just say Why do you think? Why do you think you brought this track today? Just because it's a classic, or why? Yeah, uh, it just sounds good, of course. Mm. <laughs> Sick drums and yeah, uh, yeah a nice uh, groove, and it's of course also a bit about uh, rebellion. Th thumbs you know? up to no. the yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to the ah, rebellion. Oh, and I think that's up, yeah. that's uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> and I, I, I you know I got into hip hop as a, as a teenager, you know, yeah, just. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, not, yeah. So, so you know, a song comes out called "Fuck the Police." As a teenager, you're gonna be like, "Well, I want to yeah, listen to this." I think I was a bit older, but I still can <laughs> relate <laughs> to that. To that. Ah, and 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 rebellion and uh, just uh, challenging, mm. uh, challenging things. Mm. Again, you know, Rosa Bunker talked about uh, a "fuck you" to the soda industry. Mm. I think we never really wanted to say "fuck you" to anybody with Oedipus, but mm. I like challenging the norm or so yeah. or what's uh, considered uh, uh, I've, I've seen a, yeah. I've seen pictures of you at beer ceremonies wearing just your casual clothes when everyone else has been in suits I think you do enjoy that bit of a middle finger up to the nah <laughs> well <laughs> to the institution nah, a little bit <laughs> <laughs> nah it's not so much that but it's it's uh, I yeah uh, I'm, I'm, I actually, I, I working in the beer temple was a part-time job for me and I was still studying and I was looking to graduate and I, I, I thought about, okay, what's next and a job and, you know, would I go to job interviews wearing a suit and would I be able to not cut my hair or do mm. I have to shave every day mm. and... Um, I, I know, and I didn't like that idea, you mm. know, to to conform or so and uh to a certain situation but i saw people you know i took a long time to graduate and finish my studies and uh but i saw so so fellow students to to do that to mm. to dress up proper and yeah uh yeah go to their job and did you think of it like if life after studies is like this i'm good 
No, it, it's, it's probably a part of life for a lot of people, but I was also, I think I, uh, I'm happy not to do that, you know, yeah. and just wear whatever. I, I don't care much about clothing really, but mm. yeah, I, <laughs> I have a lot of beard t-shirts or so. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I uh, better wear them, you know. If people hand them to you, then, uh, mm. yeah, yeah, they shouldn't throw it out, I guess. Yeah, so I wear that. And, and, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, in the end, I guess, you know, I like uh, getting a silly haircut every now and then. <laughs> yeah, I like the, Why to, do to you be enjoy it? Do you enjoy that as a, again, as a bit of a fuck you to society or... No, don't strike me as a vain person. You don't do it for the good looks. No, it's no. <laughs> probably, yeah, no. no and that's a good question. Yeah, it's also, yeah, it's a bit uh, just fucking around, I guess. And uh, I have some records where <laughs> also people are fucking around. And I like silliness also. Yeah. And just uh, having fun, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I think that's also... Uh, you know, Stakes is High, that's a pretty serious song also about the previous song we played from De La Soul, but they also just have silly interludes on their first mm. couple albums that's just fucking around and just having fun. And mm. I think that's that's also, what, yeah, that's what I like, you know, mm. just uh, being silly a bit. And mm. uh, that's also what, yeah, I, I found in hip-hop also what I like, but yeah, I'm also a big fan of... Uh, South Park, you know, the, 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 the comedy, <laughs> uh, the, the uh, cartoon. Which can be so on point, but is also just messing around, but is also very politically on point a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And, yeah. and so, so the, yeah, they're, they're silly and they're, yeah, yeah, and they ridicule everything. Mm. And I like that to, to, to be able to ridicule uh, certain stuff and, Maybe I'm not the best. I don't think I'm a very good person at it, but I like when people do it and do it well. But yeah, also in South Park, they have a point, you know? Mm. And uh, uh, yeah, that's what I like. And it's also why, yeah, I also brought some uh, Rubber Robbie records, but also what I like also sometimes in Raymond van Groenewoud. He can, this Belgian singer, it's it's a di way different level than Rubber Robbie. Rubber Robbie is this band from Leiden and they sing in this thick lights accent uh, over sometimes also uh, instrumentals of the Beatles or so. Mm -hmm. we, uh, we can, let's put it on. Yeah, I think we've got time for yeah. uh, uh, another record, yeah. Okay. One more and then we'll, uh, okay. we don't, I don't want to go, we've been recording now for quite a while. Okay. But yeah, one more, uh, let's put on another, another record. Oh, uh, then either Raymond or uh, Robbie. Ah, uh, uh, your okay. choice. Ah, uh, we, we're talking about silliness. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, let's do that. So this is this Beatles song, right? 
yeah. uh, what's it called again? A day tripper. Day tripper, yeah, yeah. But this is so. <laughs> oh my god! It sounds like a sketch from South Park. Yeah, yeah. But th this translates into I'm out of job. I'm in the uh, I'm in the bar, you know. I sit, <laughs> I sit in the crew, and I don't have money, and I uh, on welfare, and uh, that's what this song about, you know, yeah. ridiculing that stuff, and, uh, uh, like doing some job on the side, yeah. uh, not paying tax, but also uh, being lying for <laughs> welfare, you know, oh in this silly accent, but on this Beatles <laughs> Beatles uh, tune. Uh, but uh, yeah. I think that's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> but also, <laughs> but also the music's good. You know, there is a certain amount of craftsmanship and kind of skill that is taken to be able to to kind of follow through with the joke as well. You know, yeah. they've made they've pressed a fucking record of this. It's yeah, pretty man. pretty incredible. Yeah. There's this there's this band. Um, well, it's actually the guys. Some of the guys from the Monty Python, and yeah. they uh, did a fake Beatles band called the Ruttles and they covered all most of their hits of the back catalog and just changed them into joke songs and some of them are so good and the yeah. the, the lengths and the effort that they've gone to just to be silly yeah. is almost incredible yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it should be appreciated in its own right yeah, it's yeah. brilliant yeah I kind of like that and also I also uh, I, 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 uh, yeah I think it also I can't focus with, <laughs> with this music, <laughs> but what I like about it also is that they uh, they really they make something new yeah. out of it, you know, and give it a, really an extra layer. And that's also, you know, of course, what what hip hop does, you know, taking mm. a sample and yeah, you know, there's this whole history of uh, you know people getting fined for not clearing samples and everything mm. and all that drama that was involved, which I think is kind of silly. Because I think it's it's it is just another way of creating something. Innovation, but, yeah. yeah. And everybody's standing on shoulders of, of people who've done the same thing before, you mm -hmm. know. And this is one way of doing that, you mm -hmm. know, putting some silly lyrics on uh, an existing track, but making beats from uh, sampling whatever mm -hmm. a drum, uh, uh, some drums or a bassline or whatever. I think it's kind of the same thing. And and also what, what beer makers in the end do, you know, mm. it's all being done, you know. Ingredients are used, blends are made, styles have been around. Mm. Um, uh, so why not have some fun with it at the same time? Yeah, have fun and yeah. try to be original and, yeah. and create something new and, and something that you really appreciate. Uh, in and new light, yeah. Yeah, and that, that you you want to make, you know. Mm. And uh, I think that's what it's about, yeah. Mm. Thanks for listening to this week's Radio Oedipus. This is brought to you by Oedipus Brewing, and I'm your host, Danny Walker. A special thanks to Sander for joining me and providing the beats as well as the beers. Head over to our Mixcloud page for the full versions of the tracks played on today's show. Remember, you can find all episodes of the show on our website too, which is oedipus.com forward slash radio, and by searching Radio Oedipus on your podcast app. If you use Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you like and subscribe to keep up to date. And tune in next time for more explorations into the culture of beer. Oh.